Liz Merrill, you recently profiled CJ Stroud, the dazzling rookie quarterback for the Houston Texans. So in everything you learned, is there one story that explains who this guy is? Yeah, I mean, there's one story that completely defines him, I I think, and it's from his childhood. Back when he was living about 40 miles outside of Los Angeles as a teenager, he was going through a lot. His dad, Coleridge, was in prison, and he was living with his mom, Kimberly, and his sister, Sierra. They went from being, you know, pretty typical family to really struggling to to make ends meet. His mom had to take some labor-intensive jobs and eventually became a property manager for a storage facility. Now, this has been written about a lot, that, like, that they lived in a unit attached to the storage facility, and that was home for them. We went from having a, a family with, a traditional family with mom, dad, you know, uh, that, that dynamic to me being a single mom, you know, and, and the financial part of that was, I tried my best, but it was extremely hard, and um, I wasn't able to provide the way I would have liked to. That sounds like a lot to deal with for anyone, never mind a kid trying to play sports and make teams and grow up as well. How did CJ handle that? Well, that's what's so notable. I mean, here's a kid that's just entering his teen years. And instead of getting down about it and complaining about what should be and just went to work. I mean, there was a time when he came home and he had his mom, Kimberly, noticed that he had these giant red blisters on his feet. And she was just, th- she told him, she said, man, you're really working hard if, you get, if you're getting all these blisters on your feet. And it turns out the reason for the blisters mainly was because he'd outgrown his cleats. He didn't want to tell his mom that he needed new cleats because he knew she couldn't afford them and that she was already working super hard and had all this other stress in her life. I mean, for a kid to sort of have that presence of mind to think of others instead of himself was uh, pretty amazing. And he told her, I don't want to bother you, mom, because I see how hard you work. And that made her cry because she wanted so much more for them. Like, I get so emotional because I used to work 12-hour days, you know, and, um, you know, I would do whatever I could just to keep a roof over my children's head. The other thing it did is it really sort of upped his work ethic. He had this intent um, to to work as hard as he could to make enough money so that they didn't have to worry about these things. They didn't have to worry about going without, you know, there's another story about how he played with one contact lens. Mm. Uh, and he's a quarterback. He obviously has to see the field uh, because he couldn't afford to replace his contacts. So this is a guy who isn't complaining, who's just buckling down and, and working hard. I really just don't think CJ ever knew that his life could take such a drastic turn. So for a while, it was rocky roads there. But one thing about CJ is he stayed he stayed true to his dream. What was your takeaway from all of that, from the family in terms of what you see in the pro now? Well, it really shows a maturity. It shows a resolve. And it really defines who he is. He is living and existing in a place where a lot of high school quarterbacks who have a lot of privilege. He didn't have any of that. 
I mean, his mom provided as well as she could, but yet he rose above that and it, it made him stronger. Even when they called his name at the draft. With the second pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. He believed in his faith and himself. You're getting emotional. Yes, ma'am. This took a lot of hard work. A lot of hard work, and you're going to a team that's looking for a new identity. What do you bring? I bring me. I bring a man of God. I bring a leader. I bring somebody who's going to go to work every day and, and work their tail off. Somebody who comes from a winning tradition. Somebody who wants to win. And that's all I care about, man. So I'm going to be the best teammate, the best leader, the best quarterback I can be. So that moment with his cleats is everything you need to know about where C.J. Stroud has been and where he's going. After a standout career at Ohio State, Houston Texans quarterback C.J. Stroud has taken the NFL by storm. Every week, it seems like he's rewriting the record book for rookie signal callers, and the Texans have suddenly gone from bottom dwellers to dangerous participants to contenders. But there's much more to C.J. than just his play on the field. So today, Liz Merrill shares what she learned about Stroud, where he comes from, who made him, and how he's much more than just a talented quarterback. I'm Clinton Yates. It's Friday, November 17th. This is ESPN Daily. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Liz, we want to talk about how C.J. Stroud got here. But before we do that, let's get up to speed with the Texans rookie QB. Tell us what specifically on the football field has made this guy such a phenom this season. He's been rewriting rookie quarterback records in what's only his fifth year as a starter. Now, when I say a fifth year, that's counting his high school and college experience. He had nine touchdowns against one interception in his first six starts. Against Tampa, he orchestrated probably the most exhilarating, exciting game of the season so far, uh, driving his team 75 yards in the final 46 seconds of a 39-37 comeback victory. Trout to the end zone. Touchdown, Tank Dell. C.J. Stroud leads a magical drive. From that point on, C.J. Stroud has sort of been the buzz of the NFL. Stroud sort of stood emotionless. He had his hands affixed to his sides. It was almost as if he expected the play to unfold that way. He set an NFL rookie record with 470 passing yards and is 
Uh, 147.8 passer rating was the highest in a game by any rookie quarterback in NFL history. He became the sixth player to throw for 450 yards and five touchdowns with no interceptions. And that list includes Peyton Manning and Y.A. Tittle. He then followed that up with a game-winning drive against the Bengals. Second consecutive win, and the rookie quarterback has done it again. It's becoming sort of not a surprise that this rookie is doing those kind of things. Anytime we can get a YA Tittle mention on this program, <laughs> we will be going for it. That is for sure. All right, let's take a look back here, though. What is the origin story of this rookie superhero from an athlete standpoint? Well, CJ is the youngest of four children. He grew up in Rancho Cucamonga, California. And like a lot of kids, he played a lot of sports. His parents stressed that, that they wanted him to be well-rounded, see what he was best at and what he enjoyed most. So he tried baseball, but he found it kind of boring. Um, he tried soccer, but only lasted a year because his mom said that he scored so many goals that the other kids got irritated. And basketball get, was the family love. I mean, they had a court outside their house and he'd play with his older brothers who were considerably older than him. And he'd get beat up pretty good. They wouldn't give him the ball. He'd go and tell his mom. It's probably like the only time I've heard of CJ Stroud maybe complaining about something. But in the end, all of this toughened the young kid up. You know, Rancho Kook, the IE, as it's known out here in Los Angeles, is a place where a lot of athletes are turned out for playing a lot of different sports. So when did football come into the picture for CJ? Well, he played uh, youth football for the Alta Loma Warriors. But by the time he reached the seventh grade, he kind of wanted a little more competition, something a little tougher. And he told his mom he wanted to play in the Snoop Youth Football League, which is, as you guys probably know, founded by rapper Snoop Dogg. And there was this coach that he met there. His name is Priest Brooks. Who exactly is Coach Priest Brooks for those of us who are not big-time 90s Death Row fans? So Kimberly Stroud kept referring to him in our interview as Coach Fly. So I'm doing all these Google searches on C.J. Stroud and Coach Fly, and I'm thinking, I can't find this guy. She gave me his number... I didn't want to call him and say, Coach Fly, how's it going? Uh, what I find out, and this is like one of these cool interview revelations. He's like, well, my name is Priest Brooks. And he says, I have been known as Superfly. He's a guy who's collaborated with not only Snoop. I mean, Snoop and him grew up together in Long Beach. But he's worked with Dr. Dre, Ice Cube. He produced tu uh, Tupac Shakur uh, when Tupac got out of jail. This guy is like this big time rapper and producer, and he still does it, by the way. I was, I was pretty floored. He would ask Snoop Dogg, what is your deal with this, Snoop, with this youth football thing? And he would tell him about how much it just completely moved him. Priest Brooks went to a practice and was like, wow, and was intrigued. And what he said was, it was addictive. He decided at that point he had kids by this time and he knew it was kind of time to slow down and change his lifestyle. And so he has four boys, right? But when C.J. Stroud walked onto that football field all those years ago, Brooks had five boys. So this relationship between C.J. and Superfly would obviously prove to be an important one. I mean, as C.J.'s teenage years progressed, 
A big change happened in his life. What was it? Well, when he was 15, something happened that changed his world forever. Um, his father, Coleridge, was sentenced to 38 years to life in prison after pleading guilty to kidnapping, carjacking, and robbery in connection with the drug-related incident. According to court documents, he crashed the victim's car into a pole and refused police orders to get out on the ground. And he tried to escape by jumping into the San Diego Bay. His sentence took into account previous convictions more than 20 years earlier. In an appeal document of his sentencing in 2018, the elder Stroud argued that he had spent nearly 20 years as a successful businessman, pastor, homeowner, husband, and father. And, but that when his wife filed for divorce, his life sort of spun out of control and he began using illegal drugs again after more than 20 years of sobriety. How much of a blow was that to the family? I mean, it devastated the family. And CJ's dad wasn't around anymore to help support the family. I mean, they were very close and he was very active in his sports career. He'd be the guy that would go to practices. He'd go to all the games. And their lives sort of crumbled when he started using drugs again. How did this unit, never mind just CJ, manage to overcome all of this? Yeah, I mean, CJ was the youngest. And his dad, like Kimberly Stroud said, that CJ saw him as Superman, basically. And so kind of like your whole world kind of coming in on you. And I don't know that you can ever overcome something like this, but I heard multiple times that it takes a village. And Priest Brooks and his family was part of that village, definitely. He could go over to Priest's house and hang out and be a normal kid. And that's one thing that Priest Brooks stressed with him. You just have to be a kid. And their household kind of provided some normalcy for him. And CJ really needed that normalcy when a lot of other things in his life weren't um, as, tr- as best as his mom tried to make things normal. They just weren't, and they weren't like they used to be. Up next, the toughness that CJ developed off the field helps prepare him for the journey towards quarterback stardom. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from 25 bucks and under to, say, 100 bucks and below. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. The NFL schedule drops this week, kiddos, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. 
And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. So, C.J. Stroud at this point has really gone through it, Liz. He's always been an athlete. And as a teenager, you know, facing the kind of difficulty of a broken home, things falling apart. But he's in high school. They're surviving. When did C.J. start to get attention for being the quarterback that we see today? Well, he definitely didn't get it in his first couple of years of high school. Um, He made varsity as a freshman, which was a big deal at his school, but... Um, lost out on the starting job to an upperclassman. So he saw really spot action, mainly carrying a clipboard, holding up signs. Even his junior year, when he finally got the job, he got hurt in those first few weeks and didn't make a big splash until like midseason, really caught stride, but wasn't really all that noticed. And then what happened was he was invited to the elite quarterback camp in Texas. He had to work really hard to get that invitation, by the way. Um, He was one of the lowest-ranked quarterbacks at the event and one of the only players whose parents didn't hire him a personal coach. But over the course of that week and then that weekend, Stroud outperformed everyone and was named the MVP. So when this elite camp, when you're named the MVP, you're going to start to get noticed. And one of the people who offered him a scholarship was Ohio State coach Ryan Day. CJ wound up finishing high school early so he could arrive on campus in January of 2020. All right. So CJ Stroud makes it to Columbus, but big time football school. The Buckeyes are deep at every position. The Big Ten is a football conference. And just because you won some camp here or some state title there doesn't mean you're going to make the field quickly. But how fast did it happen for him at Ohio State? Yeah, well, so he gets there during that COVID year. What happens two months after he gets there? COVID hits. And uh, so that complicates things. And the a bigger complication for him is that he's backing up Justin Fields who's a mentor for him, but TJ doesn't play a lot. He gets one snap all season and, you know, rushes for 48 yards and a touchdown against Michigan State. Then his sophomore year, he's in charge. He leads his team to a 10-2 and record in the regular season. They're down by 14 to Utah in the Rose Bowl, and CJ leads them to a... Come back 48 to 45 win. Stroud watching the end zone. Jump ball. Touchdown, Smith and Jigba. Are you kidding me? CJ breaks both school and Rose Bowl records with 570 yards passing and ties a school record with six touchdown passes in a game. And junior year was more of the same. This time, Ohio State makes the playoffs. Uh, they're not given much of a chance against the SEC and, and powerhouse Georgia. But he throws for 348 yards and four touchdowns. Stroud has rediscovered that rhythm, flips it right down the middle. It's Johnson who's got it, spinning to the end zone. Touchdown, Ohio State. Third touchdown for Stroud in the half. And they lose it on a missed field goal, 42-41 to to the eventual champions. 
couple weeks later, on January 16th, 2023, C.J. Stroud announces that he's going to forego his remaining two years of college eligibility and enter the 2023 NFL Draft. You know, I remember that moment. A lot of people thought it was a touch too early. The thought was, who does this kid think he is? Justin Fields. And there was a lot of different discussion around whether or not he was ready. And one of the draft evaluations about his so-called red flags was his performance on a pre-draft cognitive test. Now, I'm not going to get all down my feelings about what those tests really even mean or what they're worth. But for those who don't know, what was that particular portion all about? Yeah, so the this S2 cognition test has kind of replaced the Wonderlick. Then roughly a week before the draft, NFL writer Bob McGinn, citing multiple anonymous sources, reports that Stroud recorded the lowest test score in 18% in this cognition test. So for those of you who don't know, the S2 cognition test is used to gauge the decision-making process of a potential NFL player. According to their website, the S2s, the test scientifically measures an athlete's game speed, cognitive abilities down to a millisecond level. Um, this reporting go long quoted an anonymous NFL executive who said that Stroud's score was like a red alert. Uh, this exec said, you can't take a guy like that. That's why I have Stroud as a bust. Right. We all know the Texans took Stroud with the number two pick. But what did they make of all of these alleged red flags? I talked to Texans offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick, who said that honestly, that report and any of that talk about the test didn't give Houston's decision makers any pause whatsoever. He said that for him, the personal interaction that they have with players before the draft carries way more weight than any of any test scores. And he kind of went on about how if a test score could give you the answer in an evaluation process, God, it would make everything super easy. But the reality is, in the process, it's super hard because you're dealing with humans who are imperfect. I mean, when you think about that test, too, it's like, here's a guy who seems to like completely adapt quickly and see things just like on the fly. So what we've seen from him in the first 10 weeks seems to sort of smack against those criticisms of him before the draft. And maybe more important than all of that, is the way that CJ reacts to the buzz around that test result. I don't get angry. Uh, when you when you choose to pick up the cross, I think you go through a lot. And it's up to me to stay joyful. It's a difference between happy and being joyful. And I know what I can do on the field. I know I can process very well. And I know I'm very smart. Um, so uh, you can't play at Ohio State and not be smart. And um, for the people, for the S2 test, man, it is what it is. Now, here we are with Stroud lighten up the record books as a rookie at that. But what about the foundation of where he started, his family? How are things at this point between him and his parents? Well, Kimberly Stroud can't watch her son's games on TV. She has to be there. And she has, and she spends most of her time praying, like in the stands. She worries every time he gets hit. So she sort of made this pact with Texans backup quarterback Case Keenum recently. So Case promises that anytime Stroud is on the ground and things might look iffy, Keenum will go check uh, and give her a thumbs up on the sideline to assure her that he's okay. She'll see, she always sees CJ after the game and they end up having dinner together. Uh, and many times his sister is also there. What about his father? Obviously, the critical point 
of his youth in terms of when life's changed. But this seems to be a very complicated history at this point. Yeah, that's definitely been a tougher road. You know, obviously loved his dad and looked up to him, but he was angry that he wasn't there when he was playing his high school and college football and some of those most formative teenage years. So his mom told me that through the last seven years, there were times where she really had to push CJ to maintain a relationship with his father. His mom was talking about this moment he had at a church in Columbus when he was harboring a lot of anger about toward his father. Basically, she said, choosing drugs over him. That's kind of how he looked at it, she said. Uh, And then he has this moment where God, she said, really touched him and that he just fell on his knees and cried and let it all out. And he told her, she said, from that moment, it was probably before sophomore year of college. From that moment, he decided, I'm going to make something that is so bad better. He wants to address prison reform and that he's moving toward maybe working with an organization about that. In February, Stroud attended the Reform Alliance Dinner, an event addressing prison reform. And during his press conference after that record-setting comeback victory against Tampa, he said this. I got to talk to my dad a little bit this week, man, and uh, I'm praying to God that that, uh, something can happen, that he can get out and uh, come to one of these games, man. I've been uh, praying for him a lot, and I know I didn't want to make this public, man, but our criminal justice system is right. Um, And it's something that I I need to probably be a little more vocal about because what he's going through is not right. Um, And he called me this week and we got to talk. Um, And I just, I'm praying for the situation. I don't reform. And the people um, will reform are helping me a little bit. But um, I think just letting it be known, man, like, it's not just my dad's situation, but the whole uh, criminal justice system is corrupt. Um, I've been watching videos in Mississippi, some of the prisons, um, they have rats and roaches and things like that. And don't get me wrong, like, like, uh, criminals, they should pay, do the time and, and everything should be like that, but uh, they're still humans. That doesn't normally happen in the post game of an NFL matchup. Can you tell me a little bit more about what he chose to say? So it's interesting because this whole story took shape and the Texans denied an interview with them. They've been kind of wanting to limit, at the time at least, his interviews. And so we sort of came up with this idea to sort of build this story around all these anecdotes, these stories from other people about what makes C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud. So we're about to run the story. And then, you know, he goes off for that record-breaking game against the Bucs. But as far as what he said after that Bucks game, we would have loved to ask him about that and what inspired him to say that. But his mom just basically said it was something on his mind. He wasn't waiting for some big moment after a big game. That's not how CJ thinks. In the end here, Liz, what did you learn about CJ Stroud that all these people seemed to miss? He's definitively on the national stage now. He's probably going to be the rookie of the year. And as we've said on this show, he's been in MVP conversations. But who is the person? You know, there were many consistent themes in everyone we talked to who knows him. Faith is important to him. It's helped him through a lot of things he's been through. We also learned that he's not one who necessarily thinks of himself. Like, it's a bigger purpose. It's providing for his family. And being an NFL quarterback was something that drove him for years, even when 
It looked to be one of the unlikeliest stories. The other thing I would say is he's always looking to lift up those around him. His mom said that after every game, and this hasn't changed, it was at Ohio State even, um, they would go over to his house, his apartment, uh, for dinner, and he wouldn't eat until he would go over game film. And he still does that. He still did that after that huge game against Tampa. And there would be times where he'd be going, ooh. And I was like, wow, is that, that's cool. Is that something that he was noticing that he did? He said, no, that was when one of his teammates did something well. When a receiver ran a good route or whatever, he was way more into that and happy than, than any success he had of his own. Call the crib, same number, same hood. It's all good. East Omaha's Liz Merrill. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> We're keeping that. That was awesome. I'm Clinton Yates, kiddos. This has been ESPN Daily. Our show is produced by Bruce Baldwin, Bradford Craig, Andrew Hahn, Alexander Hyacinth, Ryan Nantel, Mike Philbrick, and Andres Soto. We have additional help this week from Alex Park. What up, homie? And special thanks to Garrett Lang, Myron Medcalf, and Jackson Agello. We'll talk to you Monday.